Elaine grabbed her duffel bag and wrestled it down from the overhead rack and looked out the windows of her stopped train at the new station's wing-like roofs curving overhead. She didn't recognize any of the waiting faces in the Encinitas terminal, though it was hard to tell by just the eyes. So many people wore surgical masks, which reminded her. She pulled hers on. The air was slightly hazy today. She wondered idly if she should consider a full respirator. Back in Michigan, Kenneth certainly seemed to consider it a good idea. You can't risk breathing in that coastal air, he said. Who knows what's in it? Only tourists wear full respirators, she protested. You're not that different, Kenneth said. You don't live there anymore. You haven't, for a very long time. Fair enough. Still, people wearing full respirators were something to chuckle at, out-of-towners. She'd be inside soon enough, Elaine thought, and stepped out of the train into the bright sun. A few minutes of meandering around the slowly thinning crowd, and she realized that no one would be here to pick her up, as promised. She relented and got into a cab. She should have known better than to trust that Beverly and Jack would actually pick her up as promised. Welcome home, Elaine, she thought. Everything had changed. That she expected, but it still hit her. When you lived somewhere, you slowly saw the raw physical nature of the world shift. A building here or there. Starts scattered across locations. But when you came back to somewhere you lived after an absence, it all happened at once. Your brain had to process and work hard to update that model of realness, minute after minute, as you looked around and saw change after change. The place wasn't the same. The place you lived no longer existed. In the same geographical location is a new place with some traces of the things that you used to consider that location still surviving. And there was no driver up front to ask questions like, what happened to the chicken place that used to be in this corner? Well, that was a stupid question, wasn't it? It was gone. It didn't matter anymore. She hadn't been here to see it go. It didn't care that she cared that it was gone. And probably neither did anyone else. She stopped trying to catalog the differences, to expect certain signs in buildings at certain points. This was a new city. This wasn't really coming back. This was arriving for the first time. She was different. And Sunita's was different. Deal with it, she told herself. As the car drove itself down the 101, winding along the coast, she caught glimpses of people laid out on the beach, their faces hidden behind bug-like gas masks. It was like an invasion of the rubbery sea people, Elaine thought to herself. It had all been perfectly normal to her, once. Beverly and Ark Jack stared at her when they opened the door. Their eyes had a dull haze to them as they just stared at her, reaching for some memory. Hello? Elaine prompted. The words were a spark to their fuel. They suddenly moved into action. When did you get in? Beverly asked. You came? Jack. She'd never thought of him as Ark Jack, 
a name he'd legally changed to when living briefly with some hazed-out girlfriend, said, nodding his head slowly, in that bird-like way Elaine had always hated. Of course I fucking came, Elaine snapped. Beverly stepped between the two of them, ostensibly to grab the canvas duffel bag Elaine shouldered. But it was a shielding move. It's an honest question, Beverly muttered. It's been six years. We haven't seen you in six years. I sent an email, Elaine said. I sent texts. I explained I'd be taking the train up from San Diego after flying in. Jack scratched at bleach blonde hair and looked pained. Email. Jack isn't good at checking that stuff, you know that, Beverly said, a hint of accusation in her tone. I sent you a message, Elaine said.